Welcome to the Lower Room Discourse, where we talk about the Bible in fun and interesting ways. This is Garland, and I've got uh, Caleb and Tad and Daniel, uh, as always, chiming in, helping us decide. Our episode this time is, what is the strangest piece of advice that if you were to give that same advice in a modern context, it would just it just be incredibly strange, incredibly weird. So when you look through the Bible, maybe it was really good advice then, or maybe culturally it made sense, or uh, maybe just whatever was going on in that situation, but if you were to carry it over into kind of the, the modern world or a father-son going off to college or something like that, what piece of advice would perhaps be the most unusual? And I guess just to get us thinking about it, um, did y'all receive any, any great advice uh, as you were kind of going off to college or as you entered teenage years or were getting married, something like that from a grandparent or a parent or something like that? Uh, to be honest, I really, I, I can't, Nothing I, comes to mind. I, I don't have any, did you get any good advice? Yeah, yeah. No. We're just, a, this, this is why we're also, explains <laughs> why, why we're, we're all yes. here right now. I mean, okay. When you think back at like, like growing up, what were the things that were like really important? Like I can think of one here. One would be like, uh, like I remember my stepdad always said, if you're not five minutes early, you're late. Okay, yeah, and yeah, that's yeah, something that's, that's that stuck with yeah. me to now. Like, but you if don't you're not use five that. Mi- I'm always early. Is that true? I beat you here by 15 minutes here tonight, that's and I was, first, on, I was that's early. The first time that is completely, is you live, totally untrue. I live rocks one from mile here. from here, and I live across town from here. Well, if you were early, if you would have been on time. I'm always early. If you're not five minutes early, you're late. Uh, well, no, I just didn't get much uh, advice. I'm trying to think from like coaches growing up. They were never coaching me. They were always coaching the kids you who were, actually played. Well, I was—I thought she <laughs> meant like because I was always so good. They no, had to no, coach no. These other kids. In up. fact, no. I had a basketball coach who would describe some of us as as mutts or just normal, and then he'd talk about the thoroughbreds, and he would always <laughs> coach the thoroughbreds, but he wouldn't say anything to us mutts. So I, when I say I didn't get any coaching, I mean it. I, I received little to no wait, coaching. Wait, wait, wait. Talk about, talk about. He actually referred to the two groups as mutts and, and thoroughbreds. There were thoroughbreds, and he would talk to them. And Weeby was a thoroughbred. May I ask this question? How many thoroughbreds peaked at high school? Uh, both these guys, <laughs> I would say no. They're, they're still wonder- going? They're amazing. I love them dearly. Thick, they're, lustrous th- heads of hair still yes. to this day. Okay, good lustrous for them. Lustrous locks. Uh, <laughs> they're not bald. They're not bald. Good. Tad, anything come to mind for you? No. Uh, no. That's why we're all such well-adjusted adult men I really crave sage wisdom advice from older people now because I never got it growing up. Well, this is sad. I guess we can dive in and look at, uh, when we look at the Bible, um, there's a lot of things in the Bible that that I think, like when when translated into now, either just maybe culturally, um, or maybe, I was even thinking some of the stuff Jesus says, like some of the stuff Jesus says in like Matthew chapter five, it's, it's, really counter advice. Like Jesus will say things like, um, pray for your enemies. And that just doesn't seem like advice. It seems like counterintuitive advice. And of course, what Jesus is doing is sort of flipping on its head the way that power even orients. I know uh, when we think about advice in the Bible, often I think our first place we think is like the book of Proverbs. It's like a list of sage wisdom from ancient Israel. But some of that stuff can be a little bit a little bit weird. Like I'll give you an example. I, I wrote down just a couple of, uh, of things in the book of Proverbs and just imagining my son going off to college and saying something like this. This is from Proverbs 30, verse 18 and 19. Like here's an example of how some of the Proverbs sound. Son, there are three things that are too amazing for me, four that I do not understand. The way of an eagle in the sky, the way of a snake on a rock, 
the way of a ship on the high seas and the way of a man with a young woman. Have a good time in college. Yeah, that's something. Like, that I just don't know what. I just don't know. It's kind of just right. odd. I, I don't know what you, to do with that. Well, you need. If, there's a lot of things in scripture that you need context, right? And able to to be able to just spit them out. Like if you just looked at your son going off to college, you said, "Remember, if you want to find your life, you got to lose it." It'd be it, weird. You, it, 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 it doesn't make, make much sense. sense. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's a. It's great advice. It's true advice. Mm-hmm. It's yeah, a hundred percent true. But it needs some explaining, and that's right. true. That's sort of like a. To your question of like, did anything come to mind? It's like not in like the sense of like a quippy one-liner that you just like is memorable. Well, certainly got a lot of advice. Like you ain't growing first up. or last, right? Yeah, like stuff like that. But, uh, but yeah, these like one-liners kind of require some context. They almost like it's almost like an inside joke, but it's a yeah. Well, and there's a, there's a lot of them too that you, if you read some of what Jesus says or what the scripture says, that the nugget of truth that it's saying directly applies to our life today, but the context that it's spoken in you know, might not be as easily understood. Right. So, I don't know, Jesus even talks about when it comes to anxiety, considering the lilies of the field or the birds of the air. And I've it, tried that. Oh, I think it's wonderful. But if you went to somebody who lives in a city and they're looking around for a lily, they're going to have a hard yeah, time. They could Google it. Yeah. See what a lily what might look like. They're finding like the same, the same so, principle, but right. giving it a different metaphor. What is it that they can yeah. look to to consider, to recognize God's mm. sovereignty, that type of stuff? Okay, there's a lot, there's a lot in the Bible that just has taken as pure advice. Um, I think uh, it, does, it does make for maybe something that would come across a little strange. So let's, we may have more than three. Like I've got a, sl- a slew of Proverbs when I just might read all of them. Yeah, no surprise um, there that you want to so say I, I wanna, a lot of things. I, I, I want to bring a lot of things to the table here so I can make sure I at least get one on the podium. <laughs> hey guys, so here's I the reg- instructions. Regularly- We're all going to bring three things, <laughs> but I'm going to bring 12. And, and that's okay because I'll try and make them all podium. Fine, I will bring my best favorite three and I'll give you my first one here. All right. Here's the context. I want to go first this time. Okay. Um, context is you've got, uh, this is a mother to a daughter. All right, mother to a daughter. And the daughter has uh, begun a relationship that she thinks is serious, might be the one, and she's asking, comes home for Thanksgiving or Christmas and begins asking mom, um, tell me about, you know, what was it like when you and dad were dating and what piece of advice would you give me at this stage of the relationship? And um, I'll, I'll pull it up for you here. This comes from the book of Ruth. And it's in the book of Ruth, chapter three. And here is the advice that uh, Naomi gives to Ruth. She gives her a piece of advice and it, it, it just, I'm not exactly sure what to do with it. Um, and I'll just, I'll just read it to you here. Naomi comes in, says, my daughter, I must find a home for you where you will be provided for. And then she mentions the man and she says, here's what I'd like you to do. Here's the best thing you can do. Wash put on perfume, get dressed in your best clothes, then go down to the threshing floor where he works, but don't tell him you know don't tell him you are there until he has finished eating and drinking. When he lies down, note the place where he is lying, then go and uncover his feet and lie down, and he will tell you what to do. <laughs> yeah, it's that's weird. Ruth chapter it 3. It's so weird. It's the weird. beginning of Ruth chapter 3. It's and Naomi's can, advice to Ruth. And it works out. It actually is amazing advice. Everything yeah, works out flawlessly in the story. So many right. questions, though, of like, what? I have a lot of questions is, about is it as it well. Just, does he, is it so that he wakes up? We well, does his feet wake get up. cold? Right. We're, it, I, we're not sure is, culturally no what going is going on. going on. But the thing is, that wouldn't work today. That, you have far different that, outcome if you do that today. Depends. <laughs> I don't know, man. I think it depends. <laughs> I'm not even sure so, what really happened. You got to uncover his feet. <laughs> so I don't even know what that means. That's my first one. 
Mom, what, what would you advise me to do? You know, I've, I've, I've just entered this relationship. I, I want to make sure we do it right. Okay, what should I do? Go down to where he works. Wait till they have a party. Then when he falls asleep, note the place and go uncover his feet and lie down. He will tell you what to do. Hey, I know he's doing That's that it. internship <laughs> at Clorox, so I want you to go to his cubicle and wait there for a little while. Try and, that. Uh, turn on the <laughs> space heater advice. so it gets really warm. He's got to take his shoes <laughs> off and just lay there. That's my first one. Tad? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, so in, in this, in this situation, uh, you're with one of your friends and, uh, you're trying to get into, um, like an establishment, but there's like a door fee. There's like a, a cover charge. There's like a bouncer out there. It, it's cash only. And both of you realize your pockets are empty. You don't have cash. So you're like, well, what are we going to do? And your buddy looks at you and he goes, Hmm. Hey, run down to the lake down there. Toss out your fishing line. Reeling a fish and look in its mouth, and you'll find some money <laughs> and bring it back here in the lettuce. In. Uh, so that's the advice. It comes out of Matthew 17. Uh, in the, the context of the, the passage there, Jesus and his disciples get to Capernaum. There's apparently this two drachma temple tax, and, and Peter says, like, why? Or uh, somebody comes and asks, like, doesn't your teacher pay the tax? Peter says, yes. He goes to Jesus. Uh, but Jesus actually kind of shoots back, like, I don't really need to pay this. Like, do, do the kings of the earth make their children pay taxes? Basically saying, like, this house is my father's, and I don't need to pay it's the money to get in. It's actually loaded with significance. It's super loaded, like, yeah. way loaded. It's, 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 it, it is. He's making a statement. He's like, I shouldn't have to. But so that we don't offend them, he tells them to go down to the lake, throw out a line, and the first, kit you ca- <laughs> the first fish you catch, open its mouth, and you'll find enough coins to bring back for me and you. This story has always bewildered me. I think it's so funny. And it, it's, I don't know. I think this is like a playful moment of Jesus. But also, uh, there's a lot going on here. Yes, he's making a statement about his identity, um, but also his power somehow to generate money out of fish's mouths. Uh, so when I, I worked at a summer camp uh, in college, and I, I, don't I was know where in, this is going, I was in charge of the fishing, and so I'd always I tell them the story. Uh, I always tell them a story and be like, "If you catch a catfish out of the pond, look at its mouth, see if there's any coins." Uh, there was never that any is money. So Christian camp. It you. was very. It was cheesy and cliche, <laughs> but uh, I do think this story is hilarious. But would be like if you're Peter in this moment, you're like, what? What? Well, it's even better if you're if you're out like in the alley behind the <laughs> the club or whatever you're trying to get into. You're like, oh, dude, don't have any money. It's cash only. Cash. I, I, we can't get in. And he's like, oh, look at the koi pond. Don't worry. <laughs> Go There's, to the koi I pond. saw a pond nearby. Don't it, you have a fishing and, rod? <laughs> don't look for coins that they threw in the pond. Look for the fish. Get the fish with. Yeah, the, catch the big one. It's got two drachma <laughs> in there. <laughs> Bring them back. All right, Caleb. That that would be odd. Uh, so one of the first ones that I pictured is maybe a, a father-son camping trip. And the dad okay. is taking his son out on a camping trip just to <laughs> I- impart some wisdom on his son about different things in life. They're talking about relationships. They're talking about generosity. They're talking about taking responsibility to be a man. Um, and And the dad's got some great lines that he's dropping to his son. But at one point, after a good, healthy conversation, the dad actually turns to Exodus 23. uh, And he's down in verse 19, and he looks at his son. I know the verse. (laughs) There's a seriousness in his eyes. His son is hanging on every word that his dad is saying. And the, the father looks at the boy and he says, and son, what I want you to know is that you should never cook a young goat in its mother's milk. I knew it. And the boy looks at him. I, I wrote it down because I knew somebody was going to use it. The boy looks at his father. He goes, what, what, dad? And the dad just says, 
never forget these words. (laughs) Never cook a young goat in its mother's milk. The boy shudders with... not understanding, is this a euphemism or is this real? What, 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 is, what is my dad saying? It's dead serious. <laughs> and never. that's it. Never, never cook a young goat in Do its Do we want to ask milk. you in, in real time here to wait it on any of the theological No, I, I, I actually want to stay away from all of that. Cleanliness codes and ancient <laughs> yeah, Levitical I want to stay away from every bit of it because that would just be some very strange advice to give someone. Oh, man. Okay. <laughs> That's a good first round. Okay, my, my second one, and maybe cliched, um, but I'm having a hard time. I'm having a hard time picking. Uh, so I'm going to go with my cliche one, but I do think it makes for very strange advice. And it's cliched for a reason, so I'm going to go with it. This is a, um, you got to put yourself in, a, in a, a military context. And you have what seems to be a, a fortress, a fort that is impenetrable. And you've got one of the generals, and you go to the general and you're, a, you're one of the commanders of, of uh, you can tell I know a lot about uh, army and military <laughs> things here. His vocabulary is impeccable. He's an admiral general, or a general com- or commodore. <laughs> I don't know. He's a, he's a commodore. <laughs> you, so you're one of the cavaliers and you go out there and uh, you say, okay, I, I've scouted the place. I'm not exactly sure what to do. Um, how, how are we going to break through? This is it. This is our best chance to, to win this, this, this territory. And the general looks at it in all seriousness and says, I've got a plan. Here's our plan. The first thing I want you to do is I want you to get the entire fighting force, gather them together, and I want you to have them walk around the, the, the fortress. Just walk all the way around it. Oh, we like... We scouting it out? No, no, no. In full view. Oh, so oh, it's intimidation. So, so we're gonna be we're gonna be loud and, and no, no, no. I want you to be silent. So we're stealthy. No, no. They'll see you the whole way around. They'll be able to get. They're actually scouting you as you walk around. Okay, I guess I guess that's fine. Okay, what 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 next? Once you do it for seven days in a row, just keep going, <laughs> walking around seven straight days. Okay, okay. This must be it. What about the seventh day? Walk around seven times. More. <laughs> walk, walk around the whole thing seven times. Okay. And by this point, now, now what? Like, what, what do you, by the way, I always want to know, what are they thinking in Jericho at this point? Like, like these idiots, like, what do they think they're doing out I there? Do, I bet maybe by the seventh day, it was pretty intimidating. I, of like, I, what are, maybe, what is um, happening? and we can get a sense of the story. Maybe some of them are thinking that. Um, and then the, of course, the crescendo of it is. Okay, so now, you know, now what? After all this, I guess we're intimidating them with this silent march thing. So we, we pull the weapons? No, no. I want you all to shout <laughs> as loud as you can. <laughs> you yell just, at them. Just everything you got. Just shout. Just shout it out. When I blow the ram's horn, when I blow the shafar, that's what you'll know. Like, just imagine hearing that advice. And this is literally verbatim the advice that Yahweh and Joshua gives Joshua and then they give it to the people, and they carry it out. And, it, when, and Jericho's delivered it to their hands. Confu- do you think as Joshua heard it, he went, hmm, this is odd? Or do you think he went, nope, it's God, so I'm going to do it? Or do you think it was odd when Joshua told the <laughs> armies, the I commanders think of the armies? I think somewhere in that communication, like in that game of telephone, somebody thought, 
I can't be right. I don't think that's what Josh. Are you that, sure? Is that what God said to do? I don't think so. Where's um, Moses? Yeah, Moses is gone. This can't be the battle he, he strategy. He wouldn't have had us do Moses this. would be hitting stuff with sticks. He would have somebody weapons. to hold his arms up. <laughs> but that would also be weird advice. Now Josh was just saying, walk around. So that's my number two. Just in, a, in any sort of military setting, there's no way that's flying. And yet, uh, that's what they do. And uh, when you hear it on the page, you're like, that, that's not going to work. Ain't it. it worked. And it worked. Tad, what do you got? Uh, I'm going to show how little I know about farming uh, with mine, as you did with war. <laughs> I think there's military. three things that we've displayed we don't know anything yeah, about. First. No, four. <laughs> Army. The way Army. of an eagle in the sky. <laughs> yeah. The way no. of a snake on a rock. The way of a ship the of on the high seas. The, the way of a man uh, so with good. a young woman. Uh, I was going to say army farming and racehorsing. <laughs> and racehorsing. But that was yeah. way better. Uh, so uh, in this in this situation, you come up. Uh, you're a you're a sheep herder. <laughs> a sheep farmer. A sheep. <laughs> Herder, and then you chased it with sheep farmer <laughs> sheep instead of the, what it's called a shepherd. <laughs> a shepherd. Uh, and <laughs> you're a sheep farmer. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. Uh, you're a sheep right. farmer. You're a sheep guy. Imagine it. <laughs> sheep guy. And you, uh, you really, you come up short for you. You, you need, you need more spotted sheep. You need a lot of spotted sheep because your father-in-law is going to take all of the non-spotted sheep and at the end of the steal, you're going to be hung out to dry. But you've got some time and it's breeding season. So you're like, I bet I can, if I can get all of my, my ewes, female sheep, I know some things, uh, <laughs> to have spotted offspring that I will get all of those. And what would so the offspring be You're called? thinking about it, lambs, hey, you got if it. you will. <laughs> and so- Is that right? Is that yeah. will? <laughs> If they're goats, they're kids. Um, but he does know his. So you set up, you set up a whole bunch of just poster boards with spots and stripes on them next to the watering hole, so that when they the sheep come and they begin breeding, they end up having spotted babies because they were near a bunch of posters of spotted. <laughs> just looking at spots while they're mating, and then they'll have spotted babies. And that's what Jacob does in Genesis 30 Where do you, to trick his father-in-law. <laughs> You've got Jacob using posters? He, yeah, he used... I was trying to make it contextual for like, like... I was trying to put it in our own time. I was trying uh, to follow what's happening. No, so in the story in Genesis 30... This, is, this one's bad. I, I'll, I'll just go and take this one off the podium myself, but I'll finish. Here we go. Uh, but I, I think the story is ridiculous. Of, he, he works out a deal with his father-in-law uh, that, that he will get to keep all of the spotted sheep so he goes and he puts up a bunch of branches out near the, the sheep where they're breeding. And for some reason, by these sheep looking at spotted striped things, all of their babies end up spotted. And I don't know about sheep farming or sheep herding. Or sheep herding. But I don't think that actually does anything. So I've always found this story really weird. You're like, I don't know if I don't buy that. Square. <laughs> yeah, I don't think that's how breeding works. I don't think that's like the... Or, like, uh, yeah, you remember like, doing yeah, that? Yes. yes. Yeah, yeah. Well, this one... This is a biology the, class, but... I remember, thinking, I remember thinking that was exactly right. That I took like a class in college. They were like... No, it's way more complicated than just four little boxes. <laughs> yeah. It's much, much more nuanced grade than that. Caleb thought I knew all of genetics. <laughs> That's exactly what I thought. Caleb, number Daniel's two. just been shaking his head at us the whole time on this. Uh, well, this is an interesting one. You know, I, I, I said I never got any advice growing up, but actually, well, I wouldn't call it advice. Uh, I got threats. 
So one, <laughs> one of the families that we were you close were a friend, mutt. Yeah, so. I was one of the mutts. So one of the families that we were close friends with, the the mom of that family would always talk to uh, me and my buddy Mark, and she would threaten us by saying, "I'll sell you to the gypsies." So anytime we would, you know, be Southwest too, Missouri is yeah, scary. Southwest Missouri is a little crazy. Uh, but if we were, you know, getting a little too crazy, a little too wild, she'd always be, she would always say, hey, if you keep doing it, I'm going to sell you to the gypsies. And it was her joking way of saying, hey, kind of calm down. I, I've noticed Carissa and I have a similar way where if our kids are getting too rambunctious and we're saying, hey, you need to run in the house less or hey, you need to calm down. We'll say, if you keep going, we'll feed you to the dogs. And we're going to put you outside and we'll feed you to the dogs. Wow. Don't act like you haven't threatened your children before. <laughs> I feel like selling you to the gypsies is a little less intimidating than that. We we're don't gonna, even have a we're dog. We're going to butcher you up to the dogs? <laughs> you don't even have a dog? No, we don't even have a dog. So it, it's, it's, there's zero threat in it. But I found another good threat in Scripture that I think <laughs> would advice. work well. And it comes from 1 Kings chapter 3. Uh, there's two women that show up to the king and they're fighting. And one looks at the king and he says, this woman fell asleep and actually was uh, sleeping with her child and rolled on her child and it passed away. And she woke up and found out. So she came over, she stole my child and then started feeding it in the middle of the night and gave me her dead child. And so the live one's mine, the dead one's hers. And they're going back and forth. The king doesn't know what Just to do. the babies. And so the <laughs> king... He switched the, the samples. He switched the, the babies. The king looks at the women and he says this. Uh, I think it's in, it's, it's 1 Kings chapter 3, verse 19. Is that right? No, verse 23. Uh, my son is, frick. <laughs> it's verse 24. Oh, there it is. <laughs> and so the king says to him, he says, bring me a sword. So they brought a sword for the king. He then gave an order, cut the living child in two and give half to one and half to the other. And we know the story. The, the mom of the child couldn't bear to see her son die. And so she said, no, let it live. Um, give the child to the other woman. And it's then that the king knew who was the rightful mother. But as far as a great threat or strange advice... Threatening to chop your children in two. <laughs> Bring with me a sword. sword. I'll chop settle the this little debate. Too. All right, kids, you better settle down, or I'm going to cut you in two with my dagger. Bring me the sword. I'm <laughs> yeah. going to cut you in two right now in front of me. Some people say, "Hey, you need to go get the spoon. We're going to get a spanking." This is this is a lot more intense than that. Go get the sword. Get the, the sword. sword. There's a W in there. <laughs> all right, here's my third, and I'm going to give you I'm going to give you three options from Paul. All right, three options from Paul. Um, I'll give you the context for each. I'll make it fast. First is this. You're waiting you to sneak are, in three answers in one. Well, Here I, we go. I, I, I hey, really, guys, bring three answers. I, I really, I've got 15. I want to see which one of these you like better. All right. <laughs> Paul, you have a young, uh, a guy that you've hired on to maybe a church staff, and he's coming to you for advice. You know, hey, I just started in ministry. Uh, you know, maybe he's working at a campus ministry or something. He says, hey, give me some advice. What would, you, what would you say the most important thing to remember is? And the older, you know, uh, the older pastor, or older person in ministry looks at them and says this. Remember, just remember this. This is from 1 Corinthians 11. Every man who prays or prophesies with his head covered dishonors his head. But every woman who prays or prophesies with her head uncovered dishonors her head. It's the same as having her head shaved. For if a woman does not cover her head, she might as well have her hair cut off. For it's a disgrace for a woman to have her hair cut off or her head shaved. Then she should cover her head. 
nevertheless, she should have authority over her head because of the angels. Yeah, that that that's one that <laughs> it needs a lot of explaining. Because of the angels. Okay, here's another one for you. Not um, because of the angels. Because all, of the angels. All, all, the whole all thing. Of it needs all now, of by it. the way, that passage is is in the New Testament maybe the most debated passage um, of any passage in the New Testament. It is fraught with difficulty. Hot take right and there. there it, the most debated. Can you name passage. a more debated passage? I don't than have that? to. You, I, I don't have to do that. You just said it is the most. It is debated. I said it's one of the most D- definitively the most definitively debated. one of a very. I'm going to say outright that out of debated passages, passage. this is the most maybe debated. <laughs> the now, most potentially debated. What's the next one? There's my next one. This is from the same letter, and let me get my. Uh, here it is. This is, um, you're in, you're a col- it's like, it's like college students. They're wanting like, you know, how do you, how do you try to live for Jesus before you get married and all that stuff? And here's the advice. Um, and it starts out really well. Um, he says, I wish that all, all men were even as I am. This is first Corinthians seven. And that means he's being, he's being single and married. Paul says, however, each man has his own gift from God, one in this manner and another in that. But I say to the unmarried and to the widows, it's good for them if they remain even as I. But if they do not have self-control, let them marry, for it is better to marry than to burn. That's the advice. (laughs) Than to burn. That's what it literally (laughs) says in in the Greek. It is better for them to marry than to burn. (laughs) Just remember this. I burn for you. (laughs) And then the last one is I burn for you. This, I want to uh, let it burn. This, <laughs> gotta let it burn. <laughs> this passage in First Timothy five is really short and sweet. He's going on a whole lot of things to tell. He's Paul's telling Timothy a, three, a lot right? of things. What is this guy? And then he says this, and I'm not exactly sure this is actually good advice. He says, "Hey Timothy," he's talking about prayer and elders and all that. Then out of nowhere, he says, "Hey, stop drinking only water, and use a little wine because of your stomach and your frequent illnesses." Yeah, but he was giving him advice. That's but is that good advice? It doesn't seem like good advice. At the time, it might have been advice. Hey, your stomach is not great. You should drink some you wine. Drink some <laughs> wine will make acid. it all better. Drink little, that acidic it wine. It was homeopathic. I'm sure that it was organic. <laughs> he it was all natural wine. He meant kombucha. No yeah. boda box for him. All right, Tad. Are <laughs> right, y'all ready for gold? <laughs> He's so giddy right, right now. Saved it for last. All right, this is the setting. You find yourself... In uh, the situation, your friend comes to you and says, man, I've, I've, I've been dating this girl. We really love each other. Um, I want to get married to her, but but here's the problem. Her dad hates me, and uh, he doesn't like me. Um, I was talking to some other friends, and one of them told me, um, you know, like maybe maybe I need to go, like, that her dad doesn't like me because I, I come from, like, a rural family, and I just need to go get, like, corporate job, make some more money. Uh, another friend told me, um, I need to maybe like spend less time with all the boys and playing war games and stuff like that. And you know, I mean, grow up a little bit, but like, what do you got? What, what's your advice? And so you look this man in the eye and you say, man, I got it. I got it for you. You really want to impress her dad. You need to bring him a bag of a hundred foreskins. <laughs> <laughs> That's going to change his mind. You bring that girl's dad, 100 Philistine foreskins. He's going to love you. 
That's how you get, that's how that's, you get his blessing. That's pretty good. Oh, so this comes out of... Uh, I thought that was too, and I thought there's no way anybody's using that. That's, that's really good. Comes out of 1 Samuel 18. It's a weird story, but David uh, is uh, in love with one of Saul's daughters. Saul hates David. And so Saul, trying to get David killed, uh, I, I think, says the, the dowry for you to marry my daughter is bring me 100 Philistine foreskins. Basically saying, go kill 100 Philistines and bring back... It's almost yeah. like the... Yeah, like a trophy. Like a trophy. Uh, uh, disgusting. And uh, here's the here's the bad A thing, though. David brings back 200. <laughs> <laughs> Could you imagine that advice? Like, we tell people, hey, go meet the father. Shake his hands. Look him in the eye. Make sure you introduce yourself. Drop back for skin. Also, just drop the <laughs> is sack. Your, is that blood in your hand? That's right. As That's you pull right. out the bag. <laughs> Bloody foreskin. It's disgusting. <laughs> oh, that would be so bad. Last for you, Caleb. <laughs> well, the one I want to go with, it's a father-son conversation. And the dad is talking to his son again about how to be a man and how to take responsibility. But he closes out that section with a line from Deuteronomy 22, uh, and it's verse 30. As the dad is talking to the son, he closes the conversation saying, and remember, boy, a man is not to marry his father's wife. <laughs> and the son looks at him confused and the dad says it again a man is not to marry his father's <laughs> wife and, and the son just looks at him and goes he, yeah dad I think that I, should I, be obvious I don't think you have to By give the way, me another that one from Paul from 1 Corinthians 5 yeah. that's also going on in 1 Corinthians First, the church of Corinth had some First, issues going Corinth on they needed some advice uh, they, they needed this kind of advice <laughs> Okay. Well, let's, that's all of them. What what, what did you have, Garland? What were your ten? I had I had um I'll hit that three. I <laughs> had Paul collection. Go go and mark the spot where he lies down and uncover his feet, mother to daughter. I like that yep. one. I had the Jericho battle plan, and then I had to pick your favorite from Paul: the wine, the head coverings, or the it's better to go ahead and marry than to burn. Period. We'll call it the Neapolitan. Yeah, it, it goes together because it's Paul thing, it's or ball, just it's a, choose yeah, which it's one you want. Cream. It's whatever you want. Yeah. Uh, I had uh, how to get rich quick by fishing, looking for money <laughs> in a fish's mouth. How to impress your girlfriend's dad with 100 Philistine foreskins, and how to get all of your sheep to be spotted. <laughs> which you've already taken off the podium. Which I, <laughs> yeah, I will, I will respectfully <laughs> remove that horse, that dog. A dog don't hunt. That dog don't <laughs> hunt right there. Uh, I had don't boil a goat in its mother's milk. A father-son lifelong story. I had don't, or actually cut that baby in half <laughs> to find Can out. Bring me a sword. Who cut the baby is. in half. And then I had uh, don't marry your father's <laughs> wife. <laughs> don't marry your mother. <laughs> Those were my three. Look, they had lots so of, some people had lots of wives back then. <laughs> It could be one of his other ones. Daniel, someone any, just pick. Any, someone pick for us. <laughs> Tad, yours was the worst by far. The sheep farmer the sheep one was bad. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I'm going to respectfully so disqualify myself yeah. on that one. I don't, I'm not seeing any that shined, to what? be honest. There <laughs> no. weren't any that were just like the best. I think the feet one Go is great. Go and cover his feet. The, the feet one's great. I love the the milk one. That one's good. Mother's milk. You you ruined the sword one by saying sword. Yes, you did. Sword. Yes, you did. Um, and the father in foreskins. Yeah. 
That one's pretty good. That one's good. <laughs> I like that. I like that one. Uh, and then your last one of "Don't marry your father's wife" is good as well. Don't marry your mom. I don't. I don't know. I none of them shine to me. Yeah, that's good. We I'm came, ready to rule. We came as strong as we could. <laughs> We've been turned away by Daniel tonight. <laughs> that's probably for the best. So how would you like to rule, start. Caleb? Uh, I can't even remember what years were. I'm, I'm not ready to rule anymore. I don't remember what fish. They are. Fish money. Not fish money. Oh, I think fish it's money goes, was good. I think it's impressing other, your girlfriend's oh, dad. Philistine foreskins. Impressing your girlfriend's dad is gold for sure. I think Philistine foreskins is gold. <laughs> mother's milk is mother, silver. I think mother's milk because of the setting. Mm-hmm. You've taken the boy yeah, out. Yeah, yeah. you have. Remember. You've, you've carved really out this like perfect. Like you're becoming a man tonight, son. We're going on this Never. trip. And remember, Ever. never forget this advice. I will give it <laughs> if your father. If I die tomorrow, son, do not forget this advice. Do Never. not boil, boil a young goat in its mother's milk. <laughs> in its mother's milk. <laughs> don't forget it. <laughs> Bronze, Bronze is, is feet. Don't marry your mother or feet. I think I, feet. I, think I get I think one garland, of them. I think garland, garland, don't cover the feet. Uh, yeah, because yeah. that is just weird. <laughs> it's just not, it's very weird. Strange. We will belabor this Questions. no longer. As always, thanks for joining us on the Lower Room and Discourse. We're sorry. <laughs> we hope that was fun and interesting and not blasphemous. If it was all of those things, then share it with a friend and follow us on Instagram at the Lower Room Discourse. See you next time. <laughs>